We're going to pick it up from Dafyud Tesamid Aleph. We're up to four lines into the page. So we've had four opinions amongst the Tanoim as to when the Naziris restarts after someone becomes Tomic. So you have Raviosi, you have Rav, uh, Raviosi by Yehuda, who says that it's after uh, the seventh day after you shave. You have Rebbe, who says it's in the morning of the eighth day. You have the Rabbonon, who say it's on the eighth day after you bring the Chatas. And you have every Shmol, it's that it's after you bring the Chatas. And the, um, I'm sorry, you have the Rabbonon, it's after the Chatas. And then you have Rabbi Shmol, that it's after the Chatas and the Asham. Okay. And he had a special Pasuk to exclude that you don't have to wait for the Oila, meaning that you'd think, according to Rabbi Shmuel, you'd think you'd have to wait for the Oila as well. Kamash Mulan knows the special Pasuk. And the Rabbonon, they said you don't need that Pasuk because the Oila is just, uh, is just uh, it's a gift. It's not part of the kapara. So what you do have a little bit of an interesting thing is, is again, the, the carbon that the Nazir brings when he's Tameh, three carbonates, you have Chathas and Asham and Oila. Now the Chathas is definitely an atonement. The Asham also an atonement. The Shaila is, how do you look at the Oila? So Rabbi Shmuel kind of looks at the Oila as also atonement, but it's Xeris HaKazav that the, re, the count rebegins, that you, re, you recount the Naziris before the Oila. It's Xeris HaKazav. The Rabbonin say, I don't need Xeris HaKazav. The Oila is not atonement. The Oila is just a gift to Hashem. So why, why? of course you count before that. So the Xeris HaKazav is that you count before the Asham. So the Gemara says, Man tan Who's the author of the following Brisa? The Brisa says, Isha shenodra benazir v'nitma. If a woman made uh, an, herself a Nazir, a Nazira, and then she became Tame, and she set aside the Chatas, the Asham, and the Oila, and then the husband revoked her vow, so she retroactively, seemingly, right, according to most opinions, the husband, when he revokes the vow, it's Lemafreya. So she retroactively was never a Nazira. So these Karbanas are seemingly no longer acceptable. She brings the bird but she doesn't bring the asham or the oila. Now, the Gemara is going to analyze why does she bring a chatas. But, she doesn't bring the asham because she was never a nazira, and she doesn't bring the ola either because she was never a nazira. So the Gemara says, who is the author of the opinion that the ola is also not brought? It must be Rabbi Shmal. Because I said before, a side effect of the previous Machlaikis is how do you look at this oila? According to Rabbi Shmuel, the oila is an atonement, and that's why you need Xeris Akasiv to tell you that the that the, the tahara of the nazira, that the nazir restarts the count before the oila, because you might think you have to wait for the oila because the oila is part of the atonement process. Kamash Malan, no. The Rabbanans say, I don't need a Pasuk. Why? Because the oila is not an atonement. The oila is just a gift. Oh, so the Rabbanans said the oila is just a gift. Well, here's the point then. If the oila is just a gift, why can't this woman bring the oila? Meaning, this woman set aside Karbanis when she became Tommy, but then the husband retroactively removed everything that she was never a Nazira that became Tommy. So she can't bring the Asham because that's an atonement. She brings the Chatas, we'll put that aside. The, but she also doesn't bring the Oila. But why? According to the Rabbanon, the Oila is just a gift. He looks at the Oila as part of the atonement process. Okay, so then I understand there's nothing to atone for. But according to the Rabbanon, that the Oila is merely a gift. Why can't she bring the oila? So you see this brisa that says that she doesn't bring the oila. Is following Rabbi Shmuel that the oila is part of the atonement? Okay. Now, this halacha is a little strange, though. The husband revoked the vow, so she doesn't bring the oila because it's part of the atonement. Doesn't bring the ashim as part of the atonement, but she brings the chatas. Why? Micah Savar, I don't understand. There's a, a shaila in the Gemara when the husband revokes the vow, vow of Naziris. 
does he revoke it from here on out or retroactively? If you feel, and either way it doesn't make sense, if you feel that the husband revokes it retroactively, then she shouldn't bring any carbon because she was never in Nazira. If it's from here on out, then she was in Nazira, she should bring all three. What's the chance she just brings a chatas? If you hold that the husband retroactively revokes the vow and she was never in Nazira, then why is she bringing the chatas? And if you hold that the husband doesn't revoke the vow, it's just from here on out, then you should be able to bring everything. So what, what's the pshat? Just the chatas. So the Gemara says, The truth is, really, it's retroactively she's not in Nazira. So why does she bring a chatas? The answer is, Rabbi Shmuel follows Rabbi Lazar HaKafor. The Rabbi Lazar's opinion is that every Nazir and every Nazira is a sinner because they, uh, they prevented themselves from drinking wine and abstaining from Gashmias is a sin. So therefore, really, she's not a Nazira. But, it turns out she didn't drink wine for 30 days. Maybe not Bateris Nazira, but she abstained from wine. So as an atonement for that, she brings a chatas. So she's not a Nazira, and therefore she can't bring the other ones, but she brings a chatas to atone for the fact that practically she didn't drink wine for a month. The Gemara in Nedarim, if you remember, the Gemara in Nedarim, and also Daf Pegimel, after Daf Pegimel in Nedarim, so it's, it's relatively recent, the Gemara in Nedarim has a different approach. The Gemara Nedarim says that the reason why she brings a carbon is not because the chatas specifically is not because of this. It's also chatas ha'oif. The bird chatas is the easiest to bring. It's the only carbon that's brought chatas that's brought in a case of doubt. So because it's easier to bring, she also brings it. But the Gemara says the reason why she brings it is because the following Rav Lazar's opinion that every nazir is a sinner and therefore practically while the nazira was wiped away, practically she didn't drink wine for a month. So atone for that, she has to bring a carbon. Where is Rav Lazar's opinion? Detanya Rav Lazar kafor berevi oimer matamaloi marvikipar lav mashech. The Pasuk says that a, a Nazir who becomes Tommy. Now the Pasuk is referring to someone who becomes Tommy accidentally, so it's not his fault. The Pasuk says that he sinned. So it says Rav Lazar, <coughs> What do you do wrong? The sin is that he deprived himself of wine, and that's called a sin. And you can derive a Kavachoymer to someone who fasts. Someone who fasts and someone who deprives himself from all physicality, all the more so that it's a sin. Now, so Rav Lazar feels that the sin that's referenced in the Pasuk is abstaining from wine. So the question is like this. If the sin is really abstaining from wine, then why does the Pasuk put that in when someone is, the Pasuk is referring to someone, a Nazar who became Tomei? Stam, just say every Nazar is a sinner. <coughs> why does the Pasuk say, uh, it brings down this concept that the Nazir is a sinner, Dafka, when the Nazir abstained, because the Nazir abstained for one, then that applies to every Nazir. So why does the Pasuk uh, describe this sin, Dafka, for a Nazir who became Tameh? It should be Stam. Every Nazir, the Pasuk should say, is a sinner. Meaning, Rav Lozer feels that every Nazir is a sinner. What's his source? His source is from a Pasuk of a Nazir became Tameh. Why? Why does the Pasuk say, Dafka, by a Nazir become Tameh? It should be the Pasuk should say, by Stam, every Nazir. So the Gemara says, the answer is really Rebbe Lazar feels that every Nazar is a sinner, even a Nazar who didn't become Tameh. Why does the Pasuk describe the sin, Dafka, revolving a Nazar who became Tameh? The reason is very simple. A Nazar become Tameh is a double sinner. <coughs> right? Because he, he, he abstained from wine for the first month, 
sins. Then he became Tame, and we know that when a Nazar becomes Tame, he loses the whole count, which means he has to do it again. So he's a sinner double. So really, every Nazar is a sinner, but the Pasuk describes the sin, Dafka, by a Nazar's Tame, because he's a double sinner. Okay. Now, from here until the end of the Amid, just the Medayik in the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, it described a Nazar who accepts his Naziris in a state of Toma, and it says, Yatzev Nichnas, he left the cemetery. And then he became Tahar. The count starts. Now, if you technically look at the exact Lashon, it sounds like the count begins the second he leaves the cemetery. That's not true. He's got to become Tahar first, a week later. It says, Yatsa v'nichlas, Yatsa, the second he leaves. And then he, and then, actually, the mission actually says, he leaves and then re-enters the cemetery. That time period, that uh, in between, uh, it was part of the count. The question is, why is the count beginning the second he leaves the cemetery? He should have to wait for a week. The Gemara says, How could the Naziris begin the second? He hasn't gone th- through the purification process. The answer is, That's the Mishra means. When it says he leaves, it means he left and he spent the week going to the mikvah and having the paradumas, ashes spread. That's what the Mishra means. Okay, then the Mishnah says that the, the Tahara process that the Naziris starts on day 7, and then it says he entered the cemetery, re-entered the cemetery. It sounds like if he re-entered the cemetery, then the count begins on day 7. But if he didn't enter the cemetery, re-enter the cemetery, it doesn't, but that's not true. That doesn't make any sense. Now, this is how the mission means. No, what it means is, of course the Naziris will count again from day 7. It means that even if he re-enters the cemetery, it'll still count from day 7. Okay. I mean, the main point of the Mishnah is to bring down the Machlegas, the Rabbonon, and Rav Lazar. That Rav Lezer's opinion is that you need one day to be Tahar. Actually, you need two days to be Tahar. In order for the tumma, right, when someone becomes a nazar becomes tame, he loses the days that he counted, and he um, and he he uh, he loses the days that he counted, and he brings a carbon. Rav Liezer's opinion is that that's only true if he was tar for two days. If a nazar becomes tahar, a nazar accepts his naziris, and day one or day two, he became tame, those days still count. That's what the mission means. Yatsa v'nichas aluminamini. If he leaves the cemetery, becomes tahar, and then comes back, but day one becomes tamei That day still counts. Meaning, he does not have to bring a carbon, and he doesn't have to lose that day. He just has to be purified. But that day already counted. That's probably Yezu's opinion. So that's what the mission means when it says that he left and re-enters the cemetery. It's part of the count. It doesn't mean it's only part of the count if he enters the cemetery. It means that even if he enters the cemetery, Rebbe opinion still is that day one counted, even though he became Tameh, and after seven days, he continues from that count, that count already counted. Okay. Why didn't you explain it so beautifully like Shmuel? I didn't know you need this explanation. If you needed it, I would have explained it like this as well. Okay. Now we got to focus on Rav Liez's opinion. Again, the Machlegis of Liez and the Rabbonin is, if a Nazir becomes Tomei, according to the Rabbonin, if a Nazir becomes Tomei day one, day two, it doesn't matter. He loses the count and he has to bring a carbon. The Rav dis- disagrees. He says, no, a Nazir only loses the count and has to bring a carbon if he became Tomei after two days of Tahara. He has to be Tahar for two days. If he's not Tahar for two days, then the then uh, the tumma does not ruin the count. 
So the Gemara says, What's Rav Eliezer's source? Because the Pasuk says that after he becomes Tami, he loses his first days, which implies there were days, one, two days, that were actually Tahar. That's the implication of the Pasuk. And if there were no two days that were Tahar, meaning he became Tami within the first two days of the count, then the Tumah does not ruin the count. Those, those still are allotted towards, towards his, his, his Tahara. It still counts towards it. Meaning, and a week later, he picks up from where he left off. Amr Ula, so that's Rav Liyaz's opinion. Rav Liyaz's opinion is that the first two days, that if he became Tami, the first two days, it doesn't uh, trigger the, the ruin, losing those days, and it doesn't trigger bringing a carbon. Says the Gemara, Amr Ula, Le'om Rav Liyazer, El Betami Shenazer. Says Ula, Rav Liyazer only said this opinion, that you need two days of purity in order to trigger the carbon for a Nazir that accepted his Naziris in a cemetery. But, meaning Dafka, when he accepted his Naziris in a cemetery, then you don't bring a carbon. Avot Nazir Tahar Shenitva. But says Ula, if you have a Tahar Nazir who became Tameh, the standard Nazir who became Tameh, I feel you have he, he agrees with the Rabban. Meaning, go to the next page. Meaning, we, we, we assume that Rav Eliezer and the Rabban are arguing in all scenarios, and that is any time you have a Nazir that became Tameh within 48 hours of his Naziris beginning, he is not considered a Tameh Nazir. And he doesn't bring a carbon, and he doesn't lose those days. He just pauses it until he gets tahar. The rabbanon disagree. That seems to be a big machlag. Says Ula, no, no, no. They only, no. Rav Eliezer only said his opinion in the case of a nazir who accepted his naziris in a cemetery. So he was nazir. He was tamei from the beginning. But if he was tahar, and then became tamei, if he was tahar and then became tamei, the halacha is that his that uh, even Rav Eliezer would agree that he loses his count and he has to bring a carbon. Amar Rava, what's the reason? My time to Rav Liezer, why does Rav Liezer make this distinction? Amar Kra, ki tamei nizrei. The Pasuk that says that he needs yomim, that he needs days of tahara, is describing tamei nizrei. It says his naziris has been contaminated. Mishum de betuma nizrei, meaning tamei nizrei means he accepted his naziris while tamei. But if he accepted his naziris tahar and then became tamei, even Rav Liezer would agree. So Rav Liezer's opinion that you need Yamim is only for a Nazir in a cemetery, which is a very obscure case. But if a Nazir became Tameh, then even Rav Liezer would agree, as long as you were Tahar for a minute, you have the status of a Tameh Nazir, and you bring a carbon, you lose your count. Here's the problem. Eisve Abaya, Abaya Sakasha, you're telling me that Rav Liezer's opinion of Yamim is only in the case of a cemetery. Wait a minute, look at this Brysa. The Brysa says, the Brysa quotes an opinion that's following Rav Eliezer's view, that the laws of Tamei Nazar only applies when there's Yamim. The Brysa says, If someone says, I'm a Nazar for a hundred days, and on the first day he becomes Tamei, so you might think that you forfeit that day and you have to bring a carbon. Because the Pasuk says, Hayomim, which implies there were days of Tahara, and he became Tami day one, so the halacha is he doesn't have to bring a carbon. Boom, pause, right there. This is Rav Eliezer's opinion. And yet, this is referring to a Nazir that became Tami. Right? It says, he accepted Naziris for 100 days, became Tami day one. Meaning that this is not like Rav. Rav, uh, not like Ula. Ula said that Rav Eliezer's opinion only applies in a Nazir in a cemetery. But in a Nazir that became Tameh, the halacha is, everyone agrees that he, he has to bring a karabani, he loses the count. This is Rav Eliezer's opinion. 
And this is talking about a Nazar, not in a cemetery. This is talking about a standard Nazar who becomes Tameh. So you see, not like Ula. Let's just finish the Brisa before we point that out. Nitma b'saif meya, the same way uh, Rav Eliezer feels that you that you only have, you only forfeit the count two days in because the Pasuk says he loses hayomim, this Brisa takes a step further. Nitma b'saif meya, if he became Tameh on the last day, Yachli Yeh you might think that he forfeits the entire hundred days. The Pasuk says that he forfeits the first days, which implies he forfeits those days, which implies that there's days after that. Meaning, the Pasuk implies that the, the law of forfeiting days is Yamim Rishonim, which implies that there are Achronim, there are future days in the count. It excludes a scenario where the person became Tameh on the last day. This does not have any more days. Nitma biomeya chaser echad, but if he became tamei on day ninety nine, so this is the day after. Yachel lo yisos time alam yom rishonim yiplu mechal dekar chronim v'zei yeshlo rishonav achron. So what do you see though? You see from this brisa that the brisa starts off following the opinion of Rav Liazer, quotes Rav Liazer's opinion that if a person becomes tamei on the first day of his count, he does not forfeit that day. He does not have to bring a carbon. So this is not like Ula. Because Ula said that Rav Liez's opinion is only in a scenario where the Nazir accepted his Naziris in a cemetery. This Nazir didn't accept his Naziris in a cemetery. And you see Rav Liez's view is still strong. So you see that Rav Liez said in all scenarios. The Brisa clearly quotes Rav Liez's opinion and it's describing a scenario where he was Tahar and became Tami, not in a cemetery. It's a rejection of Ula. Okay. Now, according to Rabbi Yezer, you only are you only have to bring a carb, you only forfeit the days if you had two days of tahara. The question is, is it two full days? Is it the beginning of the second day? Or is it the beginning of the third day? How, how do you calculate the two days? Amalir of Pablabaya, Rapablabaya said, Halin Yomim de Karmin, these days that you need, you need two days of Tahara. Is it the beginning of the second day? So you accepted Naziris on Monday, and therefore Tuesday morning, that's already the second day. So you have half of Monday, the beginning of Tuesday, Mixasayim, that's all you need. Or perhaps plus. Or no, perhaps you need forty eight hours and you have to start day three. That's the question. Lehav biyodei Abai didn't know. Asa shayla Rava. He asked Rava. Rava said, "Amrle yiplu ksev." The pasuk says, "Yiplu." Yiplu means you forfeit those days. Now, yiplu also implies any type of days will be forfeited. Yiplu is an inclusive terminology. Yiplu means they shall fall. Whatever they are, they're going to fall. So you see that it doesn't have to be forty-eight hours. Yiplu, whatever it is, they shall fall. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So that's that says Yiplu means that as long as you had something, then you're already considered a Tame Nazir, a Nazir Tame, and therefore it doesn't have to be a full 48 hours. Anything, it's more inclusive. Says the Gemara, why do you need the word Yamim and your word Yiplu? It's very simple. You need both. Why? Because if the Pasuk just said Yamim, the likes of Yiplu, I would think that you need full 48 hours. No, Yiplu teaches you that even if it's a partial day. And if it just said Yiplu and not Yamim, I would say all you need is one day. You need two days. Okay. Uh, let's do the Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. 
The, the basic premise of the Mishnah is like this. We know that a Nazir is not allowed to become Tomei. Now, if you accept your Naziris in Chutzlaretz, the halacha is the Chazal created a Tumma in Chutzlaretz. All of Chutzlaretz became Tomei because there were so many Goyim would just bury their dead anywhere. It's called Tumas Eretz Amim. All of Chutzlaretz is a rabbinic Tumma. So the question is, if a Nazir becomes a Nazir in Chutzlaretz, then... How do we treat it? Do we treat it that, well, he's technically Yotzer? Do we say, no, he was a Nazar in, in Tumah and he has to redo it? So, Misha Nazar, Nazir is Harbit. Let's say someone has a long duration of a Nazar, 100 days, let's say, outside of Eretz Yisrael. Vihishlam es Naziroso, and he does the 100 days outside of Eretz Yisrael. Vihachach Balaritz, and then he enters Eretz Yisrael. So now he has the opportunity to do it in a state of Tahara. So the question is, what does he have to redo? So Beishami Oymim Nazir Shloshimim. Beishami says, listen, the whole tum of Eretz, outside of Eretz Yisrael is not so severe. Just make him do 30 days. He doesn't have to do the re, re, do the 100, just do 30 days. Beishil disagrees. And no, Nazir Betchili, you got to redo the entire thing. We treat it as a Tomei Nazir, and you got to redo the entire thing. Maista Behilni Amalka, the story goes with Hilni Amalka. Hilni the queen, she was a convert, and the the Misha says Shaholach Benalum Alchama, her son went out to war. Vaamra and she declared him Yave Benim and Alchama if Bishalom, if my son survives the war, a Nazir Shavayam, I'll be a Nazira for seven years. Okay. Now Uba Uba Benam and Alchama, Vice Nazir Shavayam. So that's what she did. Her son survived the war. She became a Nazir for seven days, seven years. Ubasib Shabashanim also Eritisrael. Now after seven years she goes to Eritisrael to bring the carbon. She, she entered Eretz Yisrael. I don't know if she entered Eretz Yisrael to bring Karbanas. I'm not sure when she lived enough to actually bring Karbanas. But she entered Eretz Yisrael. So Beis Hillel said, in line with their view, that you have to redo the entire thing. Not like Beshama, you said just you redo 30 days. You have to redo the entire thing. So she redo it, uh, redid a second seven years. And the last day of the second year, seven years, she became Tomei. So therefore forfeiting the second seven years. The name says Nazir, she did it again. She was a Nazir for 21 years. Wow. Um, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says, Lo heises Nazir el Arba, et Arba Esrishana. Rav, Rav Yehuda disagrees. He says, no, she was only a Nazir for 14 years. The Gemara will clarify Rav Yehuda's opinion. So now... The question is like this: You have Machlekes Beisham Beisilol. How we treat the Tumah of outside of Eretz Yisrael? Beisham is more lenient, and therefore you only have to redo thirty days. Beisilol says no; we treat it very severely. You got to redo the entire thing. What seems to be the Machlekes? Katani Reisha Beisham Yom Nazir Shloshim Yom Beisilol Yom Nazir Mitzchila. Salim Bhakam This seems to be the Machlekes. Beisham Isavri Eretz Amim Mishum Gusha Gazrulah. That Eretz Amim that outside of Eretz Yisrael. There's a machloikas of did they decree the tumma on the land outside of Eretz Yisrael or even on the airspace? So it could be Beishamai feels only on the land, which shows that it's not as severe, wasn't as strict, because it's not like they extended it to the airspace. And therefore, because it's not as severe a form of tumma, you only have to do 30 days. If you go to the next page, you go to the two dots. Beishil says, no, it's more strict. They even extended the tumma to the airspace. So that's why you'd have to redo the entire thing. So the Gemara says, no, perhaps the Kuliyah Mishim Gusha Gazrila. Really, could be they both agree that they only extended the tumma to the land, not to the airspace. So the machlaikis is 
Everyone agrees it's that level of tumma. The machlekes is beishamei savri b'stam nezir is conceded. And beishamei says because it's not so severe, Chazal only made you repeat thirty days. Beisil savri can concede mitchila nezir. Meaning everyone agrees that the tumma is not so severe, but it's a penalty from Chazal. Beishamei feels that the penalty was only extended for thirty days, and Beisil said no, the penalty was extended. That you have to redo the entire thing. But it, it, it's not indicative of how they feel regarding where the tumma is. It could be the tumma is just on the land. The machlekes is how they treated this 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 tumma and. Uh, what the penalty was. I will stop you.